One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Kat Napsok for another edition of Four Center, the big show, the main show, the 142nd edition with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. And me, hello. 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 142 hellos. Hello. <laughs> it rolls on. It rolls on. It's a new way for Obi-Wan to say hello instead of hello there. Hello there. Hello. 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 We- <laughs> now, this show initially was bi-weekly. Memory doesn't serve me well already. I think it was random weekly. That's right. And oh, then, yeah. And uh, I think I was like, well, let's do it all the time. Let's do it all the time. Yeah. And then uh, the pre-tapes went away. We used to do a, a week 
a live, like, the day before, and then a pre-tape. Yeah. And then we discovered Star Wars news moved so fast. <laughs> yeah. It was really odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could not keep up. Yeah. So it's been great to be and, weekly on top of it. And this is one of those weeks because we have got the news that came out of the uh, Scrimshaw coined Iger Khan. Uh, the Cassian Andor uh, series, and possibly this opens the door for other stream adventures, and we're going to really dive into that. A lot of you, we love it, tweeting out, hey, what are your reactions? What are your reactions? Uh, this is our full reaction take. Dig in into some really fun Star Wars news. Uh, and I do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio book download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We say that every week, and it really does help the show directly. In fact, friend of the show, the Greek god Papadon, the great wrestling heel, wrote me this week, hey, man. What's that thing you tell? What's the Audible thing? <laughs> I, I want to I listen to some audiobooks. So, Papadon, if you're That's listening, so great. hope you used your code and got a free audiobook. A little bit later in the show, we will give our Force Center Recommends an audiobook you think, uh, we think you should try out. We always like to update Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures. Well, on the day of this recording, uh, a day before release, we're so close to actually just being live, uh, we did get some sad news. And, and Joseph, uh, I, I look to you. Uh, as uh, this affects all of us and all fans, but I know uh, you uh, really grew up a fan of, of uh, Marvel Comics, DC Comics, superheroes in general. The the passing of Stan Lee. Yeah. That means something. Yeah, absolutely. The great Stan Lee, 95 years old, uh, passed away. And, uh, I mean, it, it's important, I think, to talk about him in terms of Star Wars because, obviously, uh, the whole Marvel connection to Star Wars mm. has always been powerful, but also the whole convention circuit was powerful to selling star wars mm -hmm. but more than anything to me like he's just got this uh this uh, same adventurous spirit of star wars that i remember reading those comics and seeing like here's this you know when i was a kid like here's this god he must be 70 years old like right. here's this very <laughs> old man he's got these glasses <laughs> like an accountant but he uses these big words and he talks about everything like it's exciting you know, yeah. everything is tantalizing and mighty and uncanny and amazing. And I just, that was the main thing I thought of when my, for myself when mm. I thought of his passing and his legacy. Mm. Like, obviously, he co-created yeah. so many amazing characters and helped shape entertainment as we know it. Uh, but just yeah. that reminder that that's why we like a lot of this pop culture stuff, because life doesn't have to be beige and, yeah. you know, laundry machine problems. It, <laughs> It can always be exciting. Yeah. And Stan Lee was a great, uh, you know, pitch guy, and he made everything exciting. Absolutely. I, I always say, if, if I make it to 95, I want a voice like that. His, his voice just got better and better. Yeah. The older he got, a classic voice. Those words that you're saying really just add even more meaning. What it was like, Excelsior, out of that voice. <laughs> yeah. Voice. Uh, yeah, like I said, co-created so much, and so much of what where we are right now uh, with not just the MCU, um, DC movies, and also... I think uh, Disney looks around and goes, we're having so much fun with MCU. W what else is out there that we can be making? Oh, this little Star Wars thing. Yeah. I think it's directly related. Uh, and a lot of this from Stan Lee's mind, Jennifer. Uh, I'm sure this means something for you as well. Yeah. I mean, he really has been such a public, a public figure of face of also geek culture where now young kids know that man. You yeah. Know? And, and it's really, he's kind of become... 
Yeah, it's just truly it's such a loss, especially because in more recent years, I know that there were some issues, yeah. I guess, in his personal life with people around him. Right. Um, but yeah, it is. Just think of those, those glasses and that that big smile and enthusiasm, even at his even at his uh, older age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he was proactive. Like he yeah. went, he moved to California mm-hmm. to be like Spider Man, Hulk. They should be movies. They should be TV shows. Hey, have you seen Spider Woman? How about her too? Like, and he, I think that is really key to where we are. Yeah, is that the being the pitch guy and being like these these characters shouldn't just live on on the page and in our imagination. They should be up there on the big screen, and it does change everything. I love it, and 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 I saw you know a lot of quotes get posted, and I'm always I'm always wary of quotes on the internet. Yeah, Uh, that one by Abe Lincoln about Star Wars still going around, you know. But uh, (laughs) there was one from him about how he felt. At one point, bad about being, quote, bad about being a comic book writer. You know that all friends of his were building big buildings and doing great things in life, and he was just writing mere comic books. But then, you know, you know, then he kind of thought, no, this is about entertainment. This is about the importance of entertainment and how you. I think you could speak to so many people through entertainment, and yeah. it's something he was very aware of, um, especially uh, during the '60s with some of his stand soapbox posts. That a lot of people share as well. So, mm-hmm. so what a life, what a legacy. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Right. Not Thanks, just a, Stan. Not just a catchphrase. Nope. Not mm-hmm. just a catchphrase. So uh, in that spirit, we're going to have a great show discussing things that mean, you know, importance, uh, have importance in our life is what I'm trying to say. Star Wars, gosh, uh, it fuels everything we do. Uh, and and, and uh, it is does tie back to 75 years ago. These little comic booklets. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, and all that stuff. So. This one's for you, Stan. Uh, in our personal lives, a lot, <laughs> lot of stuff going on in the real world. There's always stuff going on, but sometimes it finds you. Sometimes uh, uh, we all go through different phases. Uh, so it's been a, a little tough week for myself, but I'm happy to be here talking uh, Star Wars in that bubble. It's a comforting bubble. I'm glad we have it. And I bubble, I don't mean that sometimes that's a negative term, and it could be if you get lost in your own bubbles, but no, no, no. <laughs> Star Wars, it's a warm, cozy bubble. Right There's a lot of people in our bubble. A lot of people. In this, this is bubble. yeah. I mean, hustling bustle yeah. bubble. Good to be with friends. Mm. Yeah. Any adventures yeah. for you all, Jennifer? No, I recently opened up uh, my old battle droid toy from <gasps> the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Nineties. Uh, yeah. Oh, ninety yeah. nine. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so I had bought it and I had saved it, thinking it was going to be worth something someday. <laughs> it's not worth anything. So I was like, my daughter was bored, and I said, well, let's let's bring out Roger, you know, because she knows Roger from. Oh, Maker yeah, oh, I'm so tired. So anyway, so we brought him <laughs> out. I was so excited. The yeah. toy itself is really not that exciting. What mm. is it? Is it an action figure it's or a, a little? Yeah, little uh, battle droid on top of a, a stab. A stab. Yeah. Stab. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. the stab was just what do you do with it? You know, yeah. there's nothing to do with it. And so she was kind of holding it for a while, and then the battle droid like the head kept falling off. Oh. Is so, it- it's just was the, it the three and three quarter? Yeah, f- from the Phantom Menace. There, yeah, I know. I think the, I remember the, the set. single troop aerial platform. Yes. I believe. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I, I forgot that at a key point <laughs> in my life, uh, one point in uh, at a contest. Um, yeah, that was just. I, just, I was like, well, this was not very exciting. She right. got bored within you know a few minutes. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should just kept it in the box because you couldn't even put that one on like one of those little chips, could you? No. 
Because I think I got the battle droid with a chip. I'm oh, like, yeah. say, Roger, right. Right. So yeah, this right. one, you just had to fly it around, right? Yeah, basically, Make with your hand. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> but it's just like Make not that exciting. Like I mean, it was the 80s. Yeah, she loves the chicken walker that, that yeah. I had. That is yeah. her thing. And the tauntaun. So I was like, oh, she's going to love this. It was such a disappointment <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> Years later, people are. Some people are still upset about the battle droids. <laughs> I know, yeah, poor Roger. <laughs> Those awesome. B1s are just not made that well. They're, no. they're meant to be, uh, you know, attack in volume. So just one <laughs> right. falls apart. <laughs> yes. Slice through them like butter. <laughs> That's right. You, sir? I, I had a droid adventure in Ooh. a way. Uh, I finally jumped on Battlefront 2, back on Battlefront 2, and mm. tried Grievous out. Right. Great fun. He does have all sorts of weird attacks. Uh, huh. he, you, he scuttles. Oh, good. Yeah. He, so you and I thought it was going to be an escape thing because somebody <laughs> tweeted at me kindly. He's like, he does this scuttle thing, uh, but he's, you can scuttle into people, and it's really great because he, you know, he makes some noise. <laughs> uh, and there's like all these noble heroes who are like standing up fighting, and then you just like blah, 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 scuttle in, and knock <laughs> Luke and Ray over. Oh my god, it's great. Uh, and he he talks a lot. I don't know if mm. they amped up because he's new the amount new? that he okay. says, but. He won't shut up. I mean, <laughs> hacking and coughing. Uh, and he says a lot of the same things again and again. Yeah. But only once I heard him say, I'm surrounded by idiots. It's so cathartic. <laughs> oh, the uh, uh, Grievous as sitcom character. That is. <laughs> he really is. Oh, That's I awesome. can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't tried it. I still haven't tried it. He's that, fun. That cowboy game's getting in the way of my life. So oh, Red Dead Redemption. That, oh. Yeah. Oh. In, including, including Battlefront 2, so I have to dive in. Understandable. That's why in. I have not purchased Red yeah. Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> oh, I need to. Smart, if you like productivity. I feed myself. Yeah, if you don't want to go on a four-hour mission hiking to the highest point in the game <laughs> just to say that you did, like oh, I gosh. did. Uh, so uh, some good life adventures yeah. there. I love that. And uh, we, we this isn't a... Regular theme. I don't want people, don't get used to this, but it could be. <laughs> Our resistance check-in. Yeah, it's just a check-in. Not a full okay. review. We'll do more full reviews yeah. later, but yeah. just check in. We had uh, this fifth or sixth episode, because again, I don't keep track because of the double pilot, the double episode pilot <laughs> that launched, mm. but this is uh, uh, Signal 6. Sense, uh, uh, I believe it is episode 6. six. Signal to Sector 6. Signal from I Sector think. 6, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now. I remember I mispronounced it when I was talking to my wife. I was like, do you want to watch Signal Sexy <laughs> 6 by <laughs> what? What? I will <laughs> say this. I watched it just this morning. I don't know the ending because my DVR <gasps> is doing something weird on my oh. PlayStation View. So instead, I get the last three minutes of whatever 12-year-old preteen show that's before, <laughs> where they always solve their problems and learn their lessons. It's awesome. And so I sit there and I'll watch that. I'm like, when, when Star Wars? And then I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's well, this we could cut off the ending of Resistance. Yeah, that didn't happen at the end of the Resistance <laughs> episode. They didn't solve their problems. Jennifer, did you watch this one? No. Okay. Oh, wow. Jennifer. Yeah? You don't have to watch any other episodes. Nope. You have to watch this. This you have one? 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I know you have access to the channel. Y- yeah. Uh, yes, on my yes, on my computer. Yep. You you have to because it is 90% quacky and monkey lizards. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. What, yeah. what exactly, what exactly, give give me some, some good. Here's, here. here's the basic thing. Like in, in my mini review, I'm really enjoying this show because it is plowing forward and telling the story. So Poe wants to talk to Kaz a little bit, check in on how the spy thing's going mm. and knows that also that Kaz needs to get out and fly a little bit. So they leave Colossus and are flying around and they encounter this derelict ship that they want to help. And it's basically a little horror movie comedy mm. of Poe and Kaz dealing with monkey lizards. 
and it is Poe at his finest, in my opinion. It oh, was really good. He he was great in the in yeah. the pilot, but this is Poe doing Poe stuff. He's mm-hmm. flying. He's being the impossibly charming, awesome older brother. Oh, it's mm-hmm. great. He he talks about his frustration with monkey lizards. Yeah, <laughs> uh, reunites so with BB-8 for a yeah. little bit. There's a monkey lizard surprise that I'm not going to talk about. No, oh my if you haven't gosh. seen it on social media, I just want you to see it. A I'm monkey, sold. Monkey There's lizard a monkey surprise. lizard surprise. Snake surprise. Yeah, um, but it's really got its... It, 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 in general, it has its foot on, on the gas and it's delivering yeah. fun, but it is moving the story forward forward so is there is there without spoiling the ending here for jen or anyone is there a cliffhanger or something at the mm-hmm. end oh, the, it just started to go into that when it uh suddenly yeah. launched into I mean, you that had so raven or a whatever different, was that. Oh a different kind of cliffhanger yeah raven's house <laughs> that's the one that's the one <laughs> that's so raven's house yes uh, so which is fine because I, I, I was a fan of her work growing up right. you know and every thursday's at eight so i was like oh okay i'll follow the adventures of raven simone but then uh you uh, cut off the end of the star <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, no, it's really good. And, and I love, too, the, the biggest thing I loved about it. Yep, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of great post stuff. Is knowing that this show will go off the Colossus. Yes. It has that ability. Yep. And I like that a lot. Yeah, they were not just locked there. And the new uh, the new droid, the new astromech, the yeah, BB unit. CB, CB something. Yeah, she uh, she's like Kaz's co-pilot. Oh, and yeah. had a real w- interesting relationship with BB-8. I yeah. liked it. Oh. <laughs> it a, a long conversation with him that isn't translated, which is daring and exciting. <laughs> That's very holiday special of him. <laughs> it I is. like it. I like it a lot. So Resistance, uh, it's going good. The show is, I think, slowly winning over fans who might have been a little more cynical going in. And we're going to check in on it. Like I said, maybe an official segment. Maybe a big review down the line, but definitely we love to check in. So with that, we have Jennifer here, which means it's time to catch up with all the Star Wars news. Yeah, so a little bit happening this past week. Uh, The first thing is Industrial Light and Magic is going into the TV business. The visual effects and animation production studio is expanding its services to include the streaming and episodic television market with a new division called ILM TV. ILM TV's First projects will be Lucasfilm's Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, and the Superman prequel series, Krypton, which is now in its second season um, on sci-fi. ILM's legacy in TV goes back to the work that they did for the young Indiana Jones Chronicles Mm. back in the 90s. Um, This is huge news. Because it really is putting, I mean, you know, obviously with Game of Thrones and a bunch of other TV shows, the visual effects on television are now on par with what we see in movies. Yeah. This is huge. Yeah. And like it made sense to me to divide up the work, but the mm-hmm. whole time I was reading that article, I was like, how is this division different mm-hmm. though? In, in at the end, they have the thing about we're going to put together a team that is great at short turnaround times that mm. be fit television, not movies. Like, that's fascinating to me. Yes. Because is it about just like we, th- these are uh, all the people who can handle <laughs> incredible stress? Or, because <laughs> uh, I would imagine the movie people can right. too. But, or, or is this about like, we will make that ship look awesome, but we will help you frame the shot so only 40% of the ship is in that shot and mm-hmm. not 100%, so we can deliver this faster and cheaper in, in like solutions like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's I think has a lot to do with it too, especially if that statement is yeah, that's a good highlight to have. You know, we're looking for uh, can you build a ship that fast? Can you make South Park in six days? You're on the team. Oh <laughs> You're on the team yeah. here. I also think it could you know easily be tied, uh, be tied to budgets and where money is going. We need to funnel it down this ledger. Yeah, yeah. Into smart. that. That's uh, you know with TV. Yeah, I mean Young Indiana Jones. 
Chronicles was I loved that show. It was the can't miss television for me back in ninety ninety one. I think yeah, it was good. Darabont, yeah. Darabont worked on it. I mean, gosh, oh, it was wow. it was it was really like Rick McCallum. That's where he and George started working together. Uh, so I love that the history's there. And, but yeah, and this as we roll forward, they know how to do it best. That's part of the reason we even had them in the be- in the beginning because they went to a Van Nuys warehouse and blew up Starfighters so good that everyone <laughs> was like, "Can we do that too?" Yeah. So this make even more sense for Disney, and and it's so weird because it prompted the question last week. I saw online a lot of people asking, uh, either here or other shows, like, "Does this mean there's more shows on the way?" And it's like, "Yeah, hey, we'll see." And well, we we got our answer a little yeah. bit later. We'll be discussing. So yeah. absolutely, Team ILM keeps growing. ILM mm-hmm. bringing you blue lightning to almost every yeah. film in the eighties. <laughs> Continues exactly. So solo director Ron Howard recently did an interview with Metro and shared that he is open to directing a future Star Wars project. He said, it would depend entirely on the story. My daughter Bryce Dallas Howard, well, I added the Dallas Howard, is thrilled. (laughs) She's been announced to be directing one of the new episodes of the series headed by Jon Favreau. She's having a great experience. So I'm kind of living through it again through her. It's just a creative, inspired group of movie lovers who make those projects. If Ron Howard were to return to the Star Wars universe, where do you think he would go? New movie, directing one episode mm. of, a t- of a TV series, made for TV movie. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Possibilities are endless. T- first of all, I just wanted him to have another shot. Like, yeah, I, right? I love what he did with Solo, and, and especially under the circumstances. But even beyond just the circumstances, he did he did a good job putting it all together. And I'll t- I would like him to the, to go to a, a new version of an Ewok adventure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For the big screen. You know? Yeah. yeah. Especially he's going to work on Willow 2 at all, if any of those rumors. And sometimes I you know I lose track of where that story actually is, if it's happening or not. But right. he's got that kind of... Spirit. He he's so I mean look at it. he's so happy and proud of his daughter. So, you know, even some of the I love the video he put out on election day of convincing or leading up to election day, oh, leading yes. convincing his son to vote in these midterms. It just <laughs> seems like just a genuine good guy. Yeah. Um so I I just want him around the Star Wars universe. Yeah, me too. I'd love to see him do whatever he wants to do, but I'd love to see him do another movie. Yeah. Because I think there he there is a little bit of people questioning like, how much did he do on solo? Ah, right. And he I think solo is great. In large part because of his great contributions. So I would love to see uh, an entire Ron Howard joint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting when, when Bryce Dallas Howard does direct the uh, the episode. I'm sure he'll make an appearance on set. Say yeah. hi. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a fun little reunion. Maybe, maybe even in the show. There's rumors oh. of her having a little role in it, too. You know, throw him in there, too. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Richie, Richie Cunningham's got some chops. Yeah, he mm-hmm. should be a senator in the New Republic. Ooh. For sure. Oh, that's fun. I like that. Or a narrator. (laughs) (laughs) Another actor, uh, not a director yet, Adam Driver has gotten a reputation for being an intense performer. But when Vulture asked him about this, he said he has no idea where that came from. (laughs) Driver said he's not a method actor, but he does like to stay focused on set especially because there's a lot of laughs in between takes because it's Star Wars after all and stormtroopers keep can't walk, keep bumping their heads, as he said. He also shared an interesting tidbit about episode nine. When the reporter asked what's interesting about playing Kylo Ren, Driver said, that's hard to say because we're working towards something in particular with that character. I don't want to give anything away. 
What? Cue the speculate responsibly. What does that mean? Irresponsible YouTube videos. Yeah, wow. I think on one hand, it's a totally normal thing for an actor (laughs) to say (laughs) because characters change, especially in a trilogy called Star Wars where you're the prime Skywalker. (laughs) Uh, So on one hand, it's like, oh, your character goes through some growth and change and maybe you're really excited about that but don't want to talk about it. But I admit, I kind of flipped out because it makes me feel like more of that episode nine is going to hinge ultimately on Mm. redemption or not or something in between. Mm -hmm. That it really is that maybe that's what JJ means by we're going to end the Skywalker saga by talking about, you know, one Skywalker fell, another Skywalker resisted. What is this Skywalker going to do ultimately? Mm-hmm. And maybe that that's what's on his mind, how how important that is to the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, remember this is, guy, this is a guy going into episode eight and said, I wish there could not, you know, that no trailers would be uh, yeah. <laughs> in oh, front of this right. movie. And, and, and he really wants to respect what they're putting into this. So yeah. in terms of just wild speculation, uh, you know, this... I, I keep looking at less at redemption, but all uh, is there going to be some kind of mercy on this tortured character? Yeah. Uh, someone, uh, so I, I, I wish I'd give him credit. I just saw it online. So it, it, it put this in my head of the idea of Ray killing him, but him kind of being like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I deserve mm. this. Yeah. Maybe redemption's not the word to use, and more yeah. it's like uh, acceptance of himself or admission, maybe. Admission? Is admission that he knows he has made. <laughs> The wrong choice. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Emission of Kylo Ren. <laughs> wow, that's now that is intense. What an yeah. ending that would be. Yeah, I mean, I love that he said we're working towards something. It really is sounds like a collaboration between him and JJ. You know, this you have this incredible actor in Adam mm-hmm. Driver. You gotta use him. Yeah. You gotta yeah. use him to his full capacity as a performer. And so I cannot wait to see what he's gonna bring. Yeah. So exciting, and it's gonna be intense it's on screen. <laughs> Regardless of how Mr. Driver feels about it, yeah. Off screen. Yeah. Well, so so I'll I'll tell Please. that story. So oh, yeah? uh, I I after Jedi Council on Thursday, I got word my buddy Scott Mans showed up to, to work, and he gives you those Scott Mans hugs, and he's and he's like, "Well, I'm here for Adam Driver. Adam Driver's coming back for, for an interview." So suddenly, I was like, "Oh, I think I dropped my keys." I'll wait around. So sure enough, he did walk in. <gasps> Adam Adam Driver walked in, and uh, I didn't say hi to him uh-huh. uh, because he. He comes off to so intense. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he walks in. He's very tall and all that kind of stuff. And he, his hair, I noticed too, uh, total geek up. His hair was Kylo Ren length, you know. Uh, um, he walks in. So it's a Game of Thrones fan. Jon Snow's hair is cut. He walks in and he just had that like, not unfriendly. And that's what I really want people to know. Not unfriendly. Just like, I'm here to do an interview. Where's the bathroom? I got, and, and no one really wanted to talk to him. Wow. Everyone yeah. wanted to. We were all just kind of like, uh, and so then this piece comes out of him kind of going, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where people call me intense. It's like, I, I mean, you are, but I respect it. You right. want to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you need to find the You're find focused. The I, I absolutely respect bathroom intensity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think wow. it's really interesting to me because it seems like just for a lot of people, their default is like goof around. And yeah. maybe his default yes. is just like, I'm not, I'm not like you can't, you have to call me Kylo Ren on set. Like, yeah. He's not method acting. He's not like cutting himself to find the pain. But <laughs> he's just like, I'm, I'm here. I'm focused. Yeah. That, you know, I did once did a, an indie film where my daughter was like taken away from me, missing. And it was such an emotional scene that I had to do. And this guy that I was acting with was not a very seasoned actor. He's cracking jokes. And I'm, right. try, I'm standing there trying to like, 
you know, stay, stay in that moment and in that space. And I was just like, I can understand. I would, if I was Adam driver, I'd be like, I need a moment. <laughs> and like walk yeah. away, stay focused. Cause people are cracking jokes. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and the limited time I've been on sets, I, if you get on a set with me, whether it's a sketch or I uh, was in a TV pilot thing, I just get very quiet. And I have one of my friends who was a director was like, you get, you're so serious. I'm like, no, we have a job to do. Right. Yeah, I want to get exactly. the job done because exactly. I want to go home. I want to do this, but I also want to put my own into this. I don't want to have drinking games on the side. And doesn't. And I guess that that maybe maybe that's yeah. what, I, what I'm feeling when I, he walks by. Uh, Joseph is like, oh, he's, he's not intense. He just wants to get some stuff done. He yeah. is on a mission. He is there to talk to Scott Mance. But first, he must <laughs> urinate. Uh, and those are relatable things that I know several people who've had both those goals in life. And yeah. they stay focused on them. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, well, Anyways, funny. I love Adam Driver and Kylo yeah, Ren. He's, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Awesome. I'm in yeah. awe of his talent. The Disney streaming service now has a name. Bob Iger revealed that the new streaming platform is called Disney Plus. He shared the news during a live audio webcast of Disney's fiscal full year and fourth quarter 2018 financial results. <laughs> IgerCon, as Joseph likes to call it, was full of exciting news, including that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live action series. The series will follow the adventures of rebel spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One. A Star Wars story. Diego Luna will reprise his role uh, of Cassian Andor, but he still has to finish his work on Narcos, the series. So I think it's going to be a little bit of time before production can begin. We're going to have to wait and see. This is our main topic for today. Mm. What a news break this was. Yeah, absolutely. So much to dive in. And I think to get you ready for that, uh, you need to, uh, there's a book you need to listen to, Joseph. It is our Four Center Recommends. Right. It is the Rogue One novelization because Cassian Andor is amazing in the movie, but oh, I, I don't want to say even more amazing. The characters fleshed out in such great and exciting ways that hint towards the greatness that we will get to see on screen in this new show. Couldn't have said that better myself. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you want to check out the Rogue One novelization, get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center. Join our friend Papadon, who helps the show directly <laughs> by going to Audible and trying a free audiobook on us there. All right. Cassie and Andor and the streaming adventures. This is exciting. Joseph, you're gonna you're gonna take us through here. Um, and I'll start I want to start this one thing though. Uh, Iger Khan is yours. This, yes, that's uh, your thing, um, right? No, no, no. It's it's like Richard Lewis on Kirby Enthusiasm trying to trademark uh, the blank from hell. Because <laughs> I've started to see people use this, I and know, it makes yeah. me happy. Oh yeah, please. But Iger Khan, it started here in Force Center with Joseph Scrimshaw. Tell everyone, tell your friends. And IgerCon did not disappoint. No, hashtag IgerCon. It was great that people, uh, our, our good friend Brian Ward, uh, sent us a logo because he oh, noticed in the morning gosh. that it was coming. Several other people always tweet at us and let us know that uh, that IgerCon is coming. They see it coming. And it's amazing how much it has totally panned out that that is where the big news drops. And then you can expect your sudden 60-second long episode <laughs> of the Star Wars show. Where the yeah, right. where actual Lucasfilm is like, well, since Uncle Bob said it, yeah, now we will repeat it. Right. Uh, yeah, it is. It, Igercon is a fascinating thing. I also, before we dive totally into this, I also wanted to ask you uh, how you both feel about the name Disney Plus. Do you feel like that's obviously? I know they have the ESPN Plus, so they're trying to keep oh. with the branding. Yes, yeah, that, then that's fine. Uh, as someone who was in a room when they said we're going to call it Screen Junkies Plus, and I went, 
Uh, um, <laughs> Speaking of curb your enthusiasm, yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. I think. In the, oh my gosh! Yeah. I can totally just <laughs> close up on your face. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. Not, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not crazy about it. But also, I don't think you can get too inventive with these names. And that was yeah. one of the things in that meeting for the screen drug is that there was a lot of different names, but you have to. Sell the product in two words or less to yeah. the public. It's Disney Plus. So yeah. I'm fine with it. Exactly. Just like Google Plus. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Anyway. Oh, yeah. That's fine then. We'll, it's not going to affect how much money we spend on it. Which I think <laughs> I once tried going to plan to a, a screenplay on Google Plus. That one never got finished. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's go into our streaming adventures. My first question is just how excited are we? This is this is like ridiculously exciting, right? And I know that we are a positive podcast, and right. even when we don't like something, we try to be kind of balanced about it. And instead of rant and rave, we try to talk about why we don't like it. Uh, but there are different levels of excitement. I'm super excited about this. Mm-hmm. I'm at the hot damn level. Of yeah, I, I will. I will purchase some hot damn from you, <laughs> sir. Because hot <laughs> damn, selling hot damn is this stock. exciing, uh, Jennifer? How hot damn excited are you? I was Kermit Muppet, Muppet Flail. That's what I was <laughs> literally doing. I was. I ran from the room that I was in in my mom's house. Ran to my mom and told her. I don't know why, <laughs> but she was really excited because you know this is a Latino actor, and it was like, oh my god. He is getting his own Star Wars series. And then immediately I was like, <laughs> I was try. I went on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, who is the casting director? I've got to figure out. I'm going to campaign yeah. to be yeah. on this show. And so I like literally went on the on the actor's website trying to find. I was like, what are they going to call it? They're going to call it some sort of Disney, <laughs> you know, because they don't put out the real name. Yeah. Right. It's like code names. Then after an hour, I Rogue realized, I bet that's oh, what they have not even started oh, production. No. This is so far off. This is like 2019. Mm. Yeah. I basically. mean, yeah, this is 2019 for shooting, right? For shooting. Yeah. yeah. For, yeah for pre-production. Yeah. I mean, they might start working on the story next year. And this is year. the thing with, yeah. with the Igercon because it's coming out at, for the money people to go, don't worry, mm-hmm. keep mm. your money here. Here's what we got coming down the line. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I was excited because I think it is such a perfect mix of a character that every everybody liked this character, as far as I know. Uh, actor, it's so perfect that he is a big name, but yeah. it's not like they got Harrison Ford mm-hmm. to do. You know, yeah. you know, he's he's quite a big name, quite a big actor. The time period we can talk a little bit more, but this character that immediately suggests subject matter mm-hmm. that we know he was a spy who did things he's not proud of. Like a character that comes with that story immediately. It's there's just so much that's rich about this idea. And then for me, the other exciting part of it was, you know, we're talking about our bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, in our Star Wars bubble, we we talk about all the time, like, well, who could get a limited series? Who could get a limited series? I think from outside the bubble, mm. to think about how awesome and rare this is. Of, you know, that one character from that ensemble yeah. movie, like, <laughs> yeah. This isn't Obi Wan, mm-hmm. you know. This isn't, uh, you know, Han Solo. This is that one guy from that ensemble movie. Yeah. So we, the bubble, know why to be excited about it, right? Because we've been guessing about it. But from the outside perspective, how rare and awesome is this? It's it's 
it opens up so much yeah. for me. Because, yeah, we, we've been doing this uh, even before The Mandalorian got announced or there was the rumors like, hey, what if they what if they were to focus on this? What if they... And then the streaming service. And we still get, you know, what if there was a little two-hour movie? And so we all have these little daydreams. And whether it's Chief Wicket or Ray <laughs> Sloan or all these things, you know, there's it, it, it opens up the possibilities. And for me, because I've had this discussion a little more recently offline with some friends, so, you know, it's no secret, I... I love Solo, and I actually love it more and more. Um, but I understand why it was a smaller movie, not just I'm not talking box office, but just story-wise. And there's, I was with some friends recently at a bar. I was like, well, what if it had been, you know, and we've said it here before, but what if it had been a 10-hour series? Mm. Yeah. Suddenly they were like, oh, I don't know why, but that feels better. And it's like, yeah. well, yes, because maybe the smaller moments that there's no Death Star being uh, flown into to be destroyed... Yeah. These little moments could be tied into more things. And then suddenly this happens. And love Cassian. Love Diego Luna. Love all that. Love, I personally love the time period. We're going to talk about that. But now we got the time to really dive into the galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just... And if they're going to start doing this, and you look what MCU's doing with these proposed series. and yeah, He confirmed a Loki, Loki with right? Tom Hiddleston. Oh, right. Huge movie star, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that it's not just this, it's that they're doing that for MCU too, and this might yeah. become the new normal. It's so exciting. Yeah. And the genre to me is the spy thriller. I think that it's it's gonna be adult, but not too adult, I don't think. I mean, well, who knows? Maybe you could be a teenager and watch it, right? But, yeah. But I think that that's really exciting. It's them playing in this genre. Are you campaigning for the first Star Wars butt scene? Is that what you want? A shower <laughs> scene? You want the camera to pan up on Chewie in the shower? I get it, Jen. Oh I get gosh, it. It is Disney Plus. <laughs> How far are they going to push it? I yeah. love that that would be the interpretation that plus means. Oh, no. <laughs> Disney plus a little nudity. Disney, Disney at night. Little butt Disney, scenes. Yeah. Plus a butt. Uh, All right, so we're going to get into a little bit more of the content, but first I wanted to ask, who do you think the showrunner, head writer, directors would or should be? Because that's pretty amazing also to announce this is based on a character, a time period, and an actor. No other creative attached is pretty insane in an announcement. So who ideas, desires? I mean, I, whoever it is, they've they've already got some sketchbooks going right now, right? right? I think we all say that. And it's so sometimes little morsels of information sneak out, and other times, you know, Alex Damon will text me, "Did you know this?" I'll be like, "No, no one knew this." So it's total speculation. I want like like we we had heard what uh, Reed Morena had oh, met up there. Right. Uh, uh, oh right, Guillermo del Toro. I I, I know was very interested in the underworld, and I think this will tie into that. I want it too. I want it someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Jennifer, you have thoughts. I you know showrunners are obviously the the big part of uh, they steer the ship on TV series. Yeah, so and they're it, way more like cele- It's more like a. Th- we never knew the showrunner of Knight Rider. Yeah, up, right, you know? exactly. But now <laughs> There's some classic leader creators of television. But you know, right, right, yeah, Aaron Spelling. Uh, mm. So yeah, so I think about that, um, and I don't know, but I think it's going to be somebody who obviously has some experience in this realm, this type mm-hmm. of maybe genre. Yeah, good at drama. Um, yeah, Guillermo del Toro is interesting to me. I mean, because. Uh, well, immediately I thought of like a director, of yeah. the directors of the show. I thought maybe Alfonso Cuaron would come. Oh, yeah. Because he has a relationship, obviously, with, with Diego Luna. He directed oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Tambien. So there's a lot of possibilities in terms of directors. Victoria Mahoney, 
who's currently mm. the the um, assisting JJ oh, on yeah. episode nine. She has done television. She's directed television episodes, so she could come in as a director. But the showrunner, yeah, I don't JJ Abrams, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he well, did alias. That producer. That's <laughs> right. I mean that that's the fascinating thing to me about this because you know obviously casting comes from Rogue One, but the tortured production of it would be weird if they announced Gareth Edwards. It would be weird if they oh, announced Tony Gilroy. Guy. Oh, totally. And oh. you know, uh, and I wouldn't want Gilroy anywhere near it because even though I love what he did with the third act of Rogue One, he is on the record of I don't like Star Wars and yeah. I don't care about these characters. Yeah, and I think this is something where yeah. you're so you're so in the canon that you do want somebody who's into that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. if you like, if it came from a different place, you know, if there was an Ahsoka live action thing, it would be Filoni, right? right? right because right, right. so it's interesting mm. to me that 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 Cassian doesn't come with an obvious. Shepherd, right? Creatively. Yeah. I get. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's um, a great point. So the the thing that occurred to me, I would love someone like Guillermo del Toro or uh, Alfonso. How do you say his last name? Guaron. Guaron. Yeah, that that would be awesome. The thing that jumped to my mind is the uh, showrunners and write, head writers of the Americans, because oh, I feel like right. this is going to be the Americans in space. Yep. Uh, and that's uh, Joe Weisberger. Joe Weisberg and Joel Fields. Mm. I have no idea if they want. They just wrapped the Americans. They right. just won uh, awards for it. Mm. And uh, you know, for anybody who hasn't watched the Americans, it's this very. They're very charming people who have to do awful things. Mm. Right. And that is Cassie and Andor. I would imagine in this rousing yeah. spy thriller, as they mm. described it. Yeah, that's some good stuff there. That's some. Good, oh man, this. It's like we should go to. Gold Coast Casino in Vegas and start putting <laughs> Put down odds. To, it's always possible, too, that I, I don't know that this is the uh, thing that attracts mm-hmm. Filoni, but I think there we all know that there has seems to be movement that Filoni wants to be more involved on right. the live action side of things. That's, that's true, too. So. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Interesting, interesting. Let's talk a little bit about what the show will exactly be they said rousing spy thriller i believe uh and we just know uh pre-rogue one but that's a lot of elbow room too Mm -hmm. so uh jennifer you said that you wanted it to be a little grittier uh yeah not not too gritty per se i mean but just you know spy thrillers have there's fun there's adventure there's danger um and i think that that that's what this could be with a little bit of adult stuff. Yeah. In. I mean, you know, there's going to be probably some violence. Who knows how much blood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't I, think it's going to be like HBO. No, but I mean, I think of we, we've already got an example of, you know, when uh, Cassian kills Tibic. Mm, right. It feels brutal emotionally, but it's, we don't even actually see the blaster, the blast shot, right? We just see, mm-hmm. like, see the light of it yeah. in that shot. Uh, so I think that there's going to be a lot like that because it, it's got to set up where he's at at Rogue One of, I'm going with Jin because I've done too many awful things for them to go to right. waste. Mm. And this has to, regardless of when it is exactly in the timeline, mm-hmm. it's got to be him facing those horrible choices. Uh, that's, yeah, that's to me the buildup. And I know a lot of people, you know, I've been banging that drum of, oh my gosh, Cassian was a separatist and that's what the Rogue One novel uh, touches upon and everything. Yeah. I don't want it to go back that far. I want it to be dealt with. I want it to be addressed. And I really want that take a deep dive into what his upbringing, but I, I wanted to be in that tense time around solo leading up to, you know, where he meets K2SO, which we've seen in comics and it, it's, okay. it's an okay. It's a one issue. It's an okay issue. It's oh, pretty okay. paint by numbers. Um, so that origin story of how they met is already locked. It's in Canon, but it doesn't mean you couldn't do an adaptation, right? It's not a series. It's just one issue and it's all right. It's, it's, I didn't know uh, how Cassian meant K2SO was... Uh, <laughs> it's like there. It's okay, like, it's it's like there. there. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. I would like that it just 
done, maybe redone better. Not same same story. Don't change canon, but flavor like changes a lot. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So like five, like five years before Rogue One, do you I, think? I or? would love to go around. It, I mean, look at Rebels, what, five years before? That's yeah. when things are really ramping up. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. ten years before, we have Solo. Solo. So we have Enfys and Saw kind of starting to come together. Right. Um, but, yeah, we know from Rebels that they're by five years out, they have cells. Yes. Full, fully established. But the Senate's there. Mon Mothma hasn't mm-hmm. left yet. So there's a lot going on there. I personally don't... I, I really want them to leave room before Rogue One. I don't want it to be like... The last episode, he is landing on right. Yavin to meet Jyn Erso. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because, I, I, and I don't think they will because you uh, want to leave room for a season two, a season three, if it's amazing. Right, right, mm. right, right. Maybe the end of the four years or something. Yeah, 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 yeah you four, end five up years. Yeah, I've got to go to the Rings of Cafrain for some exactly. reason. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want that. But yeah, that's yeah. where we begin. <laughs> they make yeah. it like 24 where they're just really trying. One day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got a call from Tivik. Got to go. <laughs> there's, there's just so many tasty time periods to dive in. And that, that's why I always come to say I love the 20 years between Sith and New Hope. There's a lot of time there yeah. to play around with. Yeah, yeah. So can you touch on this? What kind of uh, rousing spy thriller? Jennifer, you enumerated really well all the different things that that could mean. But what kind of ideas do you want to see it tackle? We have the fact that he was a, a separatist and what that perspective was, that he didn't know that he was, you know, his family was truly mm-hmm. fighting for freedom from a government they thought wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have meeting K2S that we talked about. We have him dealing with sort of the darkness of the rebellion. Is it a story about how isolated he feels as a spy? What what kind of themes or ideas do you want to see? I, I love this idea of, of a separatist, race of separatists, and what does that mean? Because he doesn't like Jedi, and that that you know doesn't trust him. They're not around, but yeah. he, you know. So that's why the Guardians of the Wills show up. And hey, who are these nutballs? Like we used to fight them when I was six. Like, but what? How do you go from that to deciding the rebellion is the thing you want to get involved in? And again, with Saw and and Darkness, and what is it going to take? And does he was he raised in that violence? Did he know that violence as a separatist? Uh, have to fight clones, and and what what that transition to the quote good guys or I try to say good team now, you know, yeah. just like, what is that? What is that mindset? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? It's interesting. Cause I think, I think of solo and I think of the, the arc that we see Han Solo take from kind of, I don't want to say naive, but he certainly is this kind of up, uh, in some ways, optimistic sure. type yeah. of character, and then over the course, he gets betrayed, and obviously, we see how he changes. So, I don't think we're going to get that, but I would kind of see like to see a little bit more. I don't maybe optimism. I mean, he's the one that says Cassian's the one that that says rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. So, to, to find out where does that stem from. Um, what sacrifices has he had to make? Mm. What has he lost mm. that leads him to where we find him in Rogue yeah. One? Yeah, I think that's great. I, I go back to that quote that uh, that everybody loves. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Right. And I've always kind of interpreted that as a part of the great tapestry of Rogue One that different people find themselves in circumstances where they can't ignore the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a wealthy person on a you know interim planet in the Empire maybe you can just ignore the problems for a while. And I would love to see his story of like, which I think, you know, uh, reflects real life things of some people can't ignore the problems because they take everything from you. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to see him like, I know the rebellion is the right thing to do because there's no other answer. 
but I have to do all these awful things. So how do, how do I keep my hope? What, you know, what choices do I make? Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to see stories of his small victories. Yeah. Mm. You know, if he's a spy, it's not mm. like I'm blowing up the munitions plant. Like maybe there's an yeah. episode like that, but he's like, I'm doing this and I'm sneaking into this place and I'm getting this small amount of Im- information that may or may not actually be valuable in the big picture. Mm. And he has to hope that the awful thing he did to get this little bit of information is worth it in the big picture. And that, that ties straight into that Rogue One moment. You're right. That, 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 I think this, you know, that, that could be the direction where it goes, where this, this not naive guy, we know, we know from what he said to, to Jin, and those piecing it together for the rebellion and what that means. And, you know, a character like Draven shows up and we're going to talk about who we want in the series shortly, but, you know, or maybe he's at odds with it, but is, are we working towards the same goal and what's, you know, and then yeah, Saw's launching trust? rockets at kids or something, you know, who, and what does this little morsel, and unfolding it because they don't know the Death Star. And I love that Saw's motivating, like, like his motivation seems to always be he's certain something's going on big. Yeah. And there's something big being built and he doesn't quite know. And he's always obsessed with that. And that's yeah. even in Rebels. And that's starting to be unlocked. And, uh, yeah. That's something so large <laughs> and absurd that nobody else will even believe it. Right. So, like, that'd be fun. Just kind of background thing of Cassian's hearing about some stuff about yeah. these Dunium shipments. Yeah. But, uh, big shipments I, yeah. of Dunium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And who else is going to be in his cell since we know the rebellion is yeah. kind of set up that way? Fascinating. Let's talk about who we want to appear. Who do you want to appear? The list is so long. Mm-hmm. And anyone that you're like, nope, don't want. Don't want that character to appear for some reason. Hmm. No, quite frankly. No. I mean... Get them all in there. Get them all in there. I mean, d- yeah. d- you know, don't want Vader to show up. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, from, right. from Vader to Lobot, put yeah, them all put in them there. Put them all in. Not necessarily, but why not? Yeah. You know, that's the draw of this, even if it's, I already saw this tweeted out several spots, but even if it's young Leia and we finally get Millie Bobby Brown playing young Leia, Ooh. it all would work. Yeah. It all would work. Le- young Leia is actually very high on mm-hmm. my list because she's a character that makes a ton of sense and can help yeah. paint the picture of this era. And there's yeah. every reason that they would interact. I think there's less reason that Cassian would come across Vader. I mean, maybe, yeah. but... It, less reason is a great way to say it. There's yeah. less reason. Would, that'd be fan service from the outset. We'll see how they would... I mean, certainly he could be on some mission that Vader, yeah. you know, blocks, but... Yeah. Wow. Young Leia, Bail Organa, those definitely would be yeah. awesome. I've seen people talk about Ahsoka Tano finally making an appearance. Yeah. You know. There's that fulcrum kind of connection. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, I think... This is an interesting shot uh, to maybe bring in some of the characters that like Ahsoka, but a Dr. Afra, a, mm. a Saint Astaros, a, a Ray Sloan, Infus Nest. Yes. Yeah, those comic book characters mm-hmm. in book characters that everybody loves make a ton of sense to me ton in this because this is already, I think I think anybody's going to be able to watch this if you haven't watched Star Wars since 1977 and you'll, yeah. you'll get what's going on, but I think it's also prime for inside yeah. the bubble kind of characters. I, I mean, I him infiltrating the Cloud Riders to see what it's about. Mm. Yes. Are you uh, telling me you don't want to see that? You yeah. know, as a fan? Do you want Forrest Whitaker? You tell me Forrest wouldn't come back. He voices the character in Rebels. And it's Aaron uh, Kellyman, uh, Diego Luna, and Forrest Whitaker at a table yeah. talking about what's going on. <laughs> Give me that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pay double for Disney Plus butts. <laughs> <laughs> An extra dollar for each cheek. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, I would love to see definitely Bale, Leia, uh, high on my list. Draven, uh, you know, if the timeline works out, since that right. seems to be his his commanding officer. 
if that was a long-term relationship. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, yeah. Yeah, and then I do, I want Underworld, because it mm-hmm. makes sense for him to be poking around of like, yeah, I know you're doing business with the Empire, but, you know, you know, he's got to be doing some other things that he feels guilty about that other than just killing people. Yeah. So getting in bed with Jabba the Hutt. I was just about to say that. I'm like, literally a, in a steel bikini in an actual <laughs> bed. We no. Have to. Yeah. Where he touches Jabba's fold. But, I know that Diego Luna was really. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to touch Jabba. Yeah. But that's but that's an excellent point because I, this is not just about he's gonna shoot stormtroopers. Right. It's not. He might even be a stormtrooper at one point infiltrating. Yeah. But that that is more likely that we're gonna go. To the Dengar, <laughs> to Horace Singh. Oh, yeah. Tobias oh Beckett. You know? Oh, yeah, got to be way oh, back man. in the past uh, before yeah. Aura gets pushed, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, also, you, yeah, I mean. Young preteen Cassian. I'm going to go there. I want, I, I would love to see me some bounty hunters. This is also yeah. a great place for Embo to make his live action oh, appearance. Yeah. But I'm also, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Boba Fett. Oh. It, 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 it would work. The movie's, the movie's not happening. Mm-hmm. If there's the people out there who just want to see cool mysterious boba fett just kick ass just take out a room full of people like the badass that was always Mm. promised to us the same way we got that vader hallway in rogue one i'd be thrilled yeah to see boba fett uh just yeah go to town jennifer yeah you know i'm thinking this series could be a lot of fun i think not just like with the story itself and the spirit of adventure but i think that lucasfilm would like bringing all these characters that you guys are talking about it'd be a fun place to kind of experiment mm-hmm. if some character does well millie bobby brown is Le- young leia give mm. her her own series i feel like there's yeah. less preciousness than with the mandalorian it feels like that i don't know maybe it's because it's the first one that we're gonna get right 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 but i yeah. feel like there's more possibilities with this yeah. cassian andor yeah series. that one's breaking new ground in a new era that we haven't spent as much time on right and this is i think you know looking at nuances of an era we know well, and I mean, to your point, I think they must be looking at the street level superheroes series on Netflix that mm-hmm. the MCU did, right? And that's absolutely oh, been yeah. like, oh yeah, Punisher was in the second season of Daredevil and he was awesome. So uh, sure, have a series. Yeah, mm. like I think those stakes are a little lower, so it is a great place to, to test people out. Yeah, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say yes. I would like to see Admiratus, Captain Raddus. Oh yeah, oh. Flap, flap that flipper down. Let's do it. Get get mad, Admiral Raddus. People will tweet um, at me if I don't say that. Yeah. Thrawn. Thrawn. I I'm torn on Thrawn yeah. because I feel like Thrawn is so assigned to mm-hmm. our our rebels in rebels. Mm-hmm. But again, it could work. Like it, it doesn't excite me initially, but it could work. It could absolutely work. Yeah. The only character that I'm a little mixed on is Kira. Because I desperately oh. want to see her again, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that wants her to get her full due. I, I do mm-hmm. want a, a Akira short series or movie. Akira with, short series or movie, yeah. yeah. Kira and the Crimson Dawn. Yeah, so I just, Absolutely. I'd be Ooh. fine if she popped up if it was in support of her getting her own thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we that could be the whole episode of who else we want to see in this. So <laughs> right. moving right along. Hour two. Uh, <laughs> weasel. <laughs> Three oh, God damn it, Weasel. Yes. How did he make that big life change from being a bum in the there Phantom he, Menace to oh a rebel? Oh my gosh. Anyway, mm. any major plot points we want this to connect to? We kind of danced by some of them with characters, but the, we know the Death Star investigation, maybe. But that is uh, Saw Gerrera's white whale. Yeah. Um, any yeah. events in the Rebel animated series? Um, I, I, am, I personally am not tied to any events yet because you'd have to. I'd have to also maybe go through a list of, of some of them that I'm not thinking about. Yeah, some of the famous ones. We also that airing new cannons open. 
uh, but drops hints of some of those big hints ones. of some of those. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Is yeah, I think I think hints. I don't want it to butt up against too much. I think having these familiar faces to me is enough. Yeah. Then having it be like, oh, let's connect this dot and that mm-hmm. dot. Yeah, it's yeah. Sticky for me. The only dots that that excited me is maybe something more with Yavin of like, how did how did they find that? You know, yeah. that, mm. if you want to give uh, Cassian something of significance to do, since some of the significant things are are taken, mm-hmm. uh, like Death Star investigations, um, that might be interesting. The other thing that I thought this isn't really a plot point, but it's a flavor point from all of the comics and books is I want to see some of that Palpatine propaganda on live action where Palpatine is making himself look younger and you go to any planet and nice, young, still charming Palpatine, you know, hollow vids are playing. I would love to see some of that. I hadn't even really thought about that, but Palpatine, the image of Palpatine. The image of Palpatine. Like, I don't need Palpatine. I don't want him to encounter Palpatine because I think it's too much. (laughs) But who's my new butler? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't there a rumor that Matt Smith was going to be what, playing in young nine, Palpatine yeah. in, in, in nine. In nine, was yeah. it a nine? Yeah. Well, they could bring. If that's, that's true, they could bring him here for this. Yeah. Yes, I, I think don't know. Rumor is a very good term for that. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, like, did I miss yeah. this? Um, so, how do we feel about the same era criticism? Because I saw a couple of tweets immediately saying, uh, "Same, oh, we're stuck in the same era forever." Um, I will just say first, I, I think we are ostensibly not. We've got an animated cartoon right now that's in a different era. Then Mandalorian's going to be in a different era. We got two new, in theory, movie series being developed. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, you know, it's not just repeating content we've had before. It's it's in the era, but a totally different side of that era. Jennifer, do you have a nice way of saying this? Uh, <laughs> your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, I think that I think that we people would be disappointed if it was all new all the time, right? Nothing familiar. People would be upset. I think that the same era allows for some some room to play with things that we know. It allows new fans to to form because they're like, oh, I can get into this story. I don't have to know everything about about the lore. That's exciting. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it's the same era, yeah. per se. I mean, I, to me, it feels new. It's a new genre. I understand that it's it's tied to the original trilogy, and I think there is that camp that feels like they don't want to get away from the original trilogy. And I guess my interpretation is that it's not. There, these decisions aren't being made out of fear of of oh, we can't move away from the original trilogy because several things are yeah and i think it is just responding to this is a juicy creative opportunity do we have to say no to it just because it's too close to the original trilogy we don't know what's coming down the pipeline yeah who knows ken do you have kind words in your heart for this try to be as political (laughs) as i can (laughs) vote for me in the next space election i understand the call for whether it be old republic uh the unknown regions and stuff like that and i do think jennifer you said it we we know something's coming. I don't know. I don't know if Dan and Dave are doing Old Republic or the new new Old Republic. I don't know, but I think they will be. Uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, whatever that ends up being, <laughs> after he done done is done making his, his horror film and everything. Yeah, um, is supposed to be an entire new event. We are going to get that. We're going to get that. I keep going to, and this is maybe me personally. All right, you can I'll nod my head like I'm on a red letter media video. Me personally. The most fruitful time of Star Wars is the 
end of Sith, the beginning of New Hope, and shortly after New Hope, where the Mandalorian will be, which, by the way, is all new characters. We're not mm-hmm. hearing Boba Fett. We're not hearing that. I saw a lot of tweets. Some of my f- colleagues, and I got into a couple of them, which I don't try to do online because the world's I too- deleted a tweet before yep. I hit send. Ah. If you're like, well, I want new characters, what? Look at who we just talked about. All these race load, Afra, Emphis Nest, yeah. all these things. This those is, are new characters. Those are new right, characters. That haven't been explored at all. This isn't, I, no, I think we're going to talk about what might come later. I think the the, event, the continuing adventures of Solo and Chewbacca would be a hit series I'd like to watch with Aaron Reich and, and, yeah. and Jonas Beck in those roles. Give me that. But I, all right, so it's not even that. It is this character, and and there are, there are ingredients of Star Wars that can go into any story. You take certain things and they make a Star Wars moment, but, 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 Star Wars is Jedi and Sith and Rebels and Empire, and now Resistance and First Order, which is a lot like Rebels versus <laughs> the Empire. And I don't mean that to be cynical right. about it. This is a fruitful time, 20 years, with so many new, wonderful characters. Absolutely. Going into the thesis statement of Star Wars. Yeah. All right. Well said. You got my vote in the space election, Ken. <laughs> uh, so here's a question about dealing with any sort of letdown ahead of time. Mm-hmm. How will this affect the way we see Rogue One? Imagine that this Cassian Andor series is amazing. It's set 10 years before Rogue One. There are four seasons, and it does end with him landing on the Ring of Caffrine. Will that? Will we feel then watching Rogue One that we're watching this underdeveloped version of Cassian than the one we've got to intimately know <laughs> in a television series? And feel like, whoa, that, that's his death? It's right. on the beach. I saw the this in the notes, and I went, "He's he Joseph's got a great point because yes, because it was just naturally already the Rogue One novelization. I'm always like, well, why is the Separatist thing not in the movie? <laughs> and I love Rogue One. Yeah, but I think the big thing about Rogue One for me has always been that the first and second act don't let us develop the characters as much as I think I'd like, and where they're thrown together, and I would have liked one more we're a team kind of thing. Yeah, to feel like that family that they say they are, and it's just sometimes the tough. A reshot, reshot modern movie, that's just the, a lot of the problems with a lot of scripts. I, yeah. I get it. It's three-act structure. But, yes, it might. But I don't think it's a bad problem. No, right. Uh, and all the problems in the world to have, like, uh, right, right. Cassian <laughs> feels underdeveloped in his first appearance now that we luckily got yeah. four seasons four of Cassian, of Cassian mm. television. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all this, Jennifer? I I love Rogue One, but I have issues with it for, for mm-hmm. various reasons. And... S- because of Catalyst was so good that yeah. I read oh, yeah. that, that I was oh, yeah. kind of let down by them by some parts of the movie. Great point, you know. So, but I but I still love Rogue One. I still find enjoyment watching it. So I think yeah, even if I'm like, well, mm. this character's a little bit underdeveloped. It's okay. It's you know I can enjoy this this awesome Cassian Andor TV series, and I might like that more than Rogue One. They can all coexist. Why not both? Why can't I like them all? Yeah. You know? Why not both? Yeah. They're answering not? all of our problems and gifts today. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we talked up top about the bubble. Bring that up. We are we are Star Wars fans to the extreme. So the casual fans, I think I think this will appeal to them. But with new canon and, and the idea that, hey, we're filling out the corners of the story. Yeah. And how does it relate to the original trilogy? There's sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work as much, and I go to the from a certain point of view book where some of the stories is like oh, I don't, I don't know if that really happened. I don't yeah. know if that uh, isn't it the one where the Tuscan Raider sneaks onto the sand crawler in the beginning of the movie yeah. or something weird. I don't know, but I look at the story Eclipse by by Madeline Rue, the final moments of, of Bale and Breha Organa. Ooh. I can't see New Hope without picturing that story right in my brain, 
And I think this series could do that kind of stuff going into. So now if you watch Cassian, yep, maybe the movie doesn't have some moments, but you are, you know, you've been, you've got the reward of knowing what went into him going rebellions are built on hope. Right, Mm -hmm. right. How did he learn that? And and if they really tie it back to that, I've been in this fight since six years, I was six years old and you saw that flashback of what happened when he was six. Maybe it'll be even more powerful. Right. True. Great point. All right, let's go on to the big one. Now that the (laughs) dam is broken on giving existing characters their own streaming show, and I'm not just talking about Cassian Andor. It's happening everywhere. I'm talking Loki. I'm talking uh, Captain Picard. Sure, give him a show. You can't get Patrick Stewart out of the writer's room because he's just in there going, I want to cry about this. (laughs) Do this awful thing to me so I can show everybody what a great actor I am. Uh, I mean that as a great compliment to Patrick Stewart. The dam is is broken. Who else do we want to see? I over mean, the years, yeah. assuming this works. Uh, um, uh, Karen the Crimson Dawn mm-hmm. um, uh, is is something. Uh, but I, again, I, I don't know. A series movie? I don't know. Uh, and I think you could get Amelia Clark to do it. I think she would want to go. Oh, a chance to really go in and redefine that character more? Yeah. And you, Ray Park, you want to be? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, he already put the weight on. <laughs> yeah, uh, for, right. Of yeah. muscle. Of muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I uh, I talk a lot about Ray Sloan. I don't know how you could do the First Order in the Unknown Regions. It sounds like some flash cord. First Order in the, the Unknown, Unknown Regions. regions. <laughs> but there could be. That opens up some questions. But uh, there's the, the the Captain Sloan, I think, could show up in this series more than anything, the, the, the casting one. Yeah. I, I look to stuff like that. And then if you want to throw, you know, if you want to talk about a Bane series or something like that, if, if Dan and Dave aren't doing something like that, I'm definitely open to it. This is the place to do it. Yeah. And Chief Wicket. Yeah. Jennifer? You know, there's just so many possibilities. I would love a creature-centered uh, right. show, which I know is, is tricky for time yeah. and special effects and money and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but maybe there's a, a way that they can do it so they blend the the practical. I mean, look at Walking Dead, right? They mm-hmm. figured out ways to, to do that. That would be really fun. That's really the only thing. I mean, Young Leia series, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I could I could see any character except for Boba Fett <laughs> getting their own series. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and some sort of creature centric story oh, would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of what the Guillermo del Toro was rumored to be, right? Right, exactly. So you could, we could see like basically a rebooted version of Tales of Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. That's an anthology series oh, of yeah. the ad- weird adventures centered around Jabba's Palace. That mm. would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, or something like like the Ewok adventures for for young kids. But, but, but doing oh, it in yeah. a way that worked. Like yeah, I mean, that we, we the eighties ones we can poke fun of. There's there's some interesting things in there but like the one that's not a joke right that's not looked at yeah. with like oh, you mean like the caravan of courage <laughs> no this one works yeah no but like yeah, yeah actual life day yeah. like to do this Star yeah. Wars hol- i believe you can do this Star Wars holiday special it. story well yeah mm-hmm. of, yeah somebody trying to get home for a holiday yeah i mean uh, this really uh increases my hopes for obi-wan I think yeah. is probably my main one because it does feel like the anthology movies, the Star Wars stories are not going to be reality for right. the big screen. Mm-hmm. Then please, while well, Ewan McGregor is the exact right age to be Obi-Wan, please, just for, for future generations, please, please, let's get Ewan McGregor back in the farmer Jedi robes. Uh, I feel like there's so much story to tell. That's what mm-hmm. I really want. Uh, and then definitely Kira. Kira versus Maul. Just call it that. Kira versus Star X Wars. Versus Sever. Star Wars. Wow. Colon Kira versus Maul. Come on. Uh, I would yeah. I would love the Han and Chewie continuation as well. And then my just utterly random one, just thinking of, it could be anybody. Um Dooku and Young Qui-Gon. Oh yeah, that'd be oh. random adventures. Whoa. They're random Jedi adventures. So I don't know if we're ever gonna get that Dooku book, so yeah. Yeah. 
young Dooku and even younger Qui-Gon when he's uh, Dooku's apprentice? Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm. Um, I, this is kind of a joke question, but mm. we all fret so much when a character that we like, that we just met, dies right away. Star Wars is such now a history of their first appearance, they die, and then here is a mountain of right. material about them. Right. Like from Obi-Wan, now the tradition continues with Cassian. So is there any character that you would like to have a series that is dead? <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, is that's dead? A lo- that's a lot, a lot of characters in Star Wars. But uh, like so often, like uh, Val's a great example of like, what a waste uh, of a character. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I do agree that the, the character was not used well in Solo. Um, but... I always react to that of like, we'll just wait and see. Because when a character dies in Star Wars, yeah. they might have many adventures to come. Right. Like Obi-Wan, like Cassian now. So is there any character like that that you thought like, oh, that's too bad. You just met him and they died. It's funny, the, the, you know, the adventures of Beckett and Val yeah. and focusing on how they came to be and all that kind of stuff is 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 not not bad either. And, yeah. uh, you know, what, I don't know if you, you know... I think he, yeah. What, what, what am I saying? Woody, Woody did True Detective, and 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 she's on Westworld. So you get that kind of series. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, Woody's hot damn. He's on Cheers. He's done TV. So yeah, yeah. TV is it's so weird because this isn't you know ABC's at Wednesdays at eight thirty. This is this is this different, is this whole new thing. So you yeah. can get people to do uh, performers who might not have normally said yes to this in the past. So yeah, um, that's a good choice. Uh, it's so funny, but you mentioned Qui Gon like younger. I don't. I don't know. And that book's coming out with Claudia Gray. We'll see. But I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with knowing a little bit more about Qui Gon too. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's an important figure. Um, I would say Phasma because if mm. since she's not yeah. on the cast role as of yet for Episode Nine, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If Episode Nine comes and goes, and it's yeah, she died, or maybe she didn't. And here's her ongoing adventures after Nine right. or mm. during Nine. That would be really cool. Mm. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snoke, even in a way, I mean, but again, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know how you could do that, right? Even with the advances of TV, I'd, it'd be a weird story. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that does want to say the fall of Ben Solo, right. but it's like I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges with that with our beloved actors who yeah. should be and, in that, that story. And we're not talking a lot about like Luke Skywalker. We've talked about a lot about show ideas for Skywalker and Lord Sentech yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I'm not gravitating to it right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I suppose we would be remiss if we didn't mention that it'd be awesome to Lando. I mean, that's oh yeah, the, yeah. The question of whether that's even possible to do mm. a, 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 you it, know, it, one. the continuing adventure, uh, 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 continuing adventures of Han and Chewie, and it launches with a movie. I really, really hope that that the last time Han and Lando saw each other wasn't in no, Solo. They've had other adventures and, and Empire. Believe. Something yeah. else has happened, and and to see that with that cast would be good. Amazing. amazing. Uh, okay, so uh, I know our conversation's getting long, but it's just so juicy. So just a, a few more thoughts. Um, I was I really found myself thinking about who made this decision, who did this, who gave us this beautiful gift uh, between Lucasfilm and Disney. Like literally, who had the idea? Was it a think tank? And I think thinking about that might tell us what kind of shows we might get in the future. Mm-hmm. And where I'm coming from with this is a lot of the Star Wars content we've got since uh, since Disney bought Lucasfilm is creator-driven. Mm-hmm. The Kasdan's wanted to do Solo. Uh, it was John Knoll, right, who had the idea Rogue. for Rogue One. Uh, if, a, you know, a Star Wars Resistance is Filoni, if there's mm-hmm. an Ahsoka series, that would come from Filoni. But there, like I said, there's no... Shepherd, there's no person creatively that we know who'd be like, of course, that's 
Cassian's creative mother or father who would want this series to exist. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would want... And, and, and Mandalorian's coming from Favreau's notes that he... The fan fiction he wrote in college, right? Yeah. It's it's creator-driven. Yeah, we, we joke, but that's not too far from, you know, probably the truth. Yeah, him going, yeah. I want to tell a Boba Fett type, oh, okay, I can't yeah. do Boba Fett? I'll do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wrote absolutely. this in between swingers takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boba Fett, you're just a you're just a bear. You're a tiger. So um, on one side, this is like yeah. a uh, like I think a perfect business decision again because popular character, mm-hmm. big name actor, make a splash. Um, but I'm so curious. I don't think we have answers, so this is going to be into speculate irresponsibly. Yep. But is this that like Bob Iger's like we need another Star Wars thing yeah. and we can't just have the Mandalorian. We need another thing announced or and the Clone Wars animated series. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. Did they go to the story group and say? Write us up a list. Or is this Uncle Bob sitting right. up in his underwear one day and going, Diego Luna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call him and tell him to do that. I, I, I really wish I had this answer. I really wish one day we get this answer. Yeah. Chris Taylor, please write that book, right? Um, because some, some of the, you know, we always talk about things we do here from inside sources and blah, blah, blah. And some of them I think are true at the time. Or cons- I, I've heard more than one occasion of, uh, it's too inside baseball is something that's killed a lot of Star Wars projects, mm-hmm. including maybe an Obi-Wan type of thing, not necessarily the movie, but books and stuff like that. So uh, that's why I'm extra excited yeah. because I consider this. Yes, Diego Luna is a, a accomplished actor with a lot of fans and, and Cassian was in, a, in one of the biggest movies of all time. I still consider Cassian a little bit of, oh, he's the, a little spy in the rebellion. Yep. He didn't have a lightsaber. He didn't have that. You didn't hear about him until 2016. I, so I'm like, wow, who made that decision? I think it is whoever the showrunner is revealed. I think that person came in with the idea that this has to work. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too, is like, how did they manage to keep it this? To me, it feels like, and again, this mm-hmm. is speculating irresponsibly because we just don't know the truth. We don't. Um, it feels like it has to be internal because mm-hmm. I feel like if there was a call to say showrunners of Hollywood in mm-hmm. good standing, right? who what Star Wars character do you want to do? And Lucasfilm was getting pitches externally. I feel like it would have leaked. Yeah. And I feel like it would have been announced with the showrunner attached. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel like this is coming from inside, which all, I guess all of which is to say is makes me more excited to believe that Lucasfilm and or Disney or the story group is all willing to do a little bit more inside baseball mm-hmm. on this platform. That's, that's totally exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that but I, and that's why I go to that story of that 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 underworld Moss Eisley movie. Yeah, if it was down the line and 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 they're like, well, we got some of this and out of that something like that comes because you're right. I think a call to action. It's so funny because Disney put that hiring notification on their website for director of development, live action TV, Lucasfilm. Yeah. People are tweeting me, uh, you know, Ken, what does this mean? You should apply. <laughs> no, I'm not qualified at all. Um, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that gets public. So this one, I believe you're right down the hall. Someone had, someone had a pitch or something was already in works. And when I didn't work this way, let's try it this way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they're at that, at that stage yet where they do have the development department for, for the streaming service, for their TV series that's sitting there going, okay, you know, in 2019, we're going to release this 2020. Here's our slate. Yeah. They don't have that yet. So my guess is they have been taking meetings with people, as you reminded me, Reed Murano, mm-hmm. um, and, and other people. Yeah. Or it could be 
from one of the directors of uh, whatchamacallit, from The Mandalorian, who's like, hey, I have an idea. Oh, that's a that's a great thought. I think it really comes down mm-hmm. to somebody has a very strong vision. It's all, with Lucasfilm, it, I know that people don't want to believe this, some people, mm-hmm. it is about story. Mm-hmm. What is not, you know, what, what is going to be the best story that they can tell? And somebody came in and met with maybe Kathleen Kennedy and, Kiri Mm -hmm. Harton and the whole team or whatever was like, here's my idea for a story. And they're like, yeah, that is a great series. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's it's so far off is because it really I think it's just a pitch. Yeah, I think it's not like a full on, you know, here's my script. Yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if it was just like. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Diego Luna were at the same event or restaurant, <laughs> and Diego Luna was just like, "We ever doing Rogue too? Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, wait, you know, what's the 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 figure? Was it is it Frank or Gary Mar- Gary Marshall that cared to be behind a lot of the sitcoms? Penny's, yeah, yes. So the story of how he pitched Mork and Mindy. No, he was in a room with ABC, and he's got good standing. They pretty and, and you know, happy days has been going great. And he was there. You got any other days for a show? And he had no ideas. And I'm paraphrasing story, but he went, "Well, you know that character that uh, that comedian played? Uh, he, it was on Happy Days, Mork. They're like, yeah, like it's uh, a show about him." <laughs> and he and he got green lit right in the room. So maybe I think someone, yeah. Bob Iger, was like, "You got an idea? Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, spy. The, uh, you know the spy." Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Rogue One. It's about that guy. <laughs> right. You got go picture. Done and done. That is fascinating, and I hope that we get to hear the truth behind all of that someday. Uh, I want to touch very briefly on IgerCon. Um, are, you, are you guys kind of okay with this new normal that it's just like it's Tuesday and what is, to us, huge Star Wars news drops? Or do you ever want it to be at conventions or special events again? I absolutely the 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 El Capitan Marvel event. We've never had that for Star Wars. Uh, I'm jealous. Yeah, <laughs> jealous yeah. of that. I yeah. want that. Yeah, IgerCon's funny. It's amusing to me. Yeah, but it <laughs> but is it's, not yeah. fan forward. Yeah, I I don't think. I mean, how did we get the Loki news? Was it- the Loki news had been circulating? This was a confirmation. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, but it was on the call. I feel yeah. like this is the way that we're headed. I think that they're not going to be able to do the Marvel fanfare anymore. They're not going to be able to certainly ever do the Star Wars fanfare because of these leaks and people going to the Star Wars set and taking photos, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's just this day and age that we live in. And so we're going to get these mm-hmm. random drops yeah. and okay. it's going to come from Bob Iger. I would love it if at some point they do have this, you know, the director of development yeah. and they come up with their slate and here is our slate for the next four years. But Things are always changing. It might be on us to, you know, get ready. Because even the, even that Thursday morning, some people were tweeting, hey, yeah, I just no. got a call today. Ah. Yeah. And I just kind of was like, ah, you know, it's a thing. But um, yeah. no, I'm, I'm <laughs> actually, taking that real seriously when people yeah. note it and say, hey. Get our notepads out. Yeah, yep. get get yep. ready. Clear well, quite frankly, I, 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 do, I think I do have, I do have uh, a little Disney st- stock. I have two cents worth. I think that gets me access to the calls. I think maybe I need to get my my oh. uh, yeah. hot damn butt on those calls. Yeah, wow. it was a it was a stream, right? It is was that what you live, said? Yeah, it was like a yeah. web. It was a webcast. Yeah. That's okay, what they said. So it is getting closer to actual Agricon. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Amazing. Okay, so here is my final question to close out our main topic. If Cassian does have a sort of dash of fun, James Bond spy, what do you think his catchphrase should be? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what are you sorry for? Oh, the thought. Oh, you're you're apologizing for a thing that you haven't said out loud. Yeah. Okay. 
Go ahead, Ken. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I think the uh, the catchphrase is the truth is in you, and, he, and he's going to get the truth out of you. Oh, and nice! It's like I don't know anything. He's like, nah, the truth is in you. Nice. It's not truth is not out there. It's, yeah, it's in I, there. I want to save Jennifer for last because I want to know what she pre-apologized <laughs> no, for. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, oh. I no, I I just think it, uh, this is not going to happen. This is a bad uh, <laughs> a bad suggestion. Maybe. Awesome if he said his his signature rogue one line in a cool way, like you know, like he shoots a guy from far away and then he, like spins his blaster. He's like, "I've been doing this since I was six years old." <laughs> that works good. for me. That works for me, Jen? Jennifer. Yeah, well, I go back to that that funny clip that was circul- circulating around uh, the internet where he was talking about Jabba. <laughs> it was like I, it's probably the most like excited I've. seen seen Diego Luna like this look in his eye I know that look I feel the same way Diego Luna I just want to to touch Jabba (laughs) it was something like that what he something similar to that I don't know how he could turn that into his catchphrase maybe it's like Jabba one day one day I will touch him you can't say that I love that in a sort of James Bond setting if he like he strides into a bar and some uh, fancy bartender is like uh, would you like a Brazilian cocktail no (laughs) Just want to touch job. <laughs> no apologies what needed. Like? <laughs> it's awesome. Oh. Amazing. So excited. Thanks for having the conversation about it. I we we really could go on, and and, and it, it is some of the the best Star Wars news I've had in a while. Yeah, and, and I, I think it, it's just the possibilities, the pressure. Off. I feel for once. Uh, I like I enjoyed Solo so much, but I feel weird about because so many people had these strong opinions about it, but like. Just let me enjoy my little TV show in the corner about my little rebel spy who just exactly, does his little missions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Good. If you guys have thoughts, I'm sure you do. Let us know. We'll tell you at the end of the show where you can reach out and tell us your thoughts, reactions, predictions for Cassie Endor, Rebel Super Spy, coming to Disney Plus Bots. Let's go to audience questions. We like to take them every week from you. We got them this week from Mythical Rebel at Maxil underscore Carr. With Vader's history being a mystery to most in the Empire and that working to his favor, how would the Empire have taken it if Anakin, one of the best of the traitorous Jedi, was for some reason second in command with Palpatine if he had won on Mustafar? This, this is a great question. Yeah. Oh, I love some of the Vader stuff. Joseph, thoughts here on what if Anakin just stayed Anakin now with a new name? Yeah, I think Sagrera has the uh, answer to this, and it's lies. <laughs> I think, you know, this is what uh, the, the Palpatine administration mm. uh, did quite well, is propaganda and lies. And I think that's sort of like they were all traitors except mm. for this one. And maybe even over time, you mm. know, it becomes like well, Anakin was never a Jedi. And right. the galaxy is just supposed to believe the uh, revised history of yeah. the Palpatine propaganda machine. He didn't take his final exams. Yeah, exactly. Some and little stickler thing. A lot of the galaxy wouldn't have known who Anakin Skywalker is. Maybe they know Yoda, Mace Windu. Yeah, I It's mean, not like they collect trading cards of them. Yeah. I know? mean, I think the, they get reports of the, the heroes on the hollow net. That's of true. the Clone Wars. Okay. Anakin Skywalker on the front lines. Stand corrected there. Maybe. I don't know. That's the way I interpret some things. But, but who knows? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that's fair. But even in general, they would, you know, they might not be tracking the movement. But it, it's is this something Palpatine saw, foretold, predicted? Uh, I'm going to convert him and then he's going to be in a mask and no one's going to know. And I don't think... 
I, I have trouble believing that even in his, his infinite power, yeah, um, he could have predicted that. Yeah, I think he adjusted on the fly. Exactly, he prepared. He had armor ready, and it was yes, and it was uh, and it was a you know good lucky accident. Yeah, that helped him. Mm. Yeah, no, this is all this is all really fascinating and something I never thought about. But there is something I think from Anakin's perspective, being in that suit and with that mask. It helps when you're trying to threaten people. Right. I think that he might have had a little bit more extra hurdles, uh, you know, because Hayden Christensen is a good looking gent, Mm -hmm. gorgeous hair, you know, like people may not have taken him (laughs) as seriously. I think of, uh, I think of, uh, you know, Ben Solo and how he had to put on the mask. Right. Right. You know, and so that's what I, that's where my mind goes. My mind goes. Yeah. It's a great question. I I think we might revisit that too. Just some some headcanon of why. Why it came about. Thank you, Mythical Rebel. Appreciate that. Paul Wright at PS Wright 80 says, Hi, Fort Center Pod. With the 20-year anniversary of episode one in 2019, do you think Disney will ever ask George Lucas or vice versa to release special editions of the prequel trilogy? And what scenes or special effect changes, if any, would uh, would benefit from it? Um, changes, he writes, uh, Paul writes, the changes uh, to Cloud City, in my opinion, looked great, which I do agree with that. Some of the best special edition changes. So prequel special editions, I think it's a fair question. Times have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether George has that interest or not, I don't know at this point in his, in his life and his career. And it seems like he did the prequels as as he wanted them to be with the, what he could of the technology. And that might be the biggest change is how yeah. things look. What do you yeah. Think? And I think he futz with them a little bit. Uh, I know mm-hmm. he futz with them a little bit as he put out the Blu-rays, right? And, you know, replaced I, uh, Puppet Yoda and Phantom Menace. Yep. Mm-hmm. I still have the puppet only version. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Yeah. Disney Plus. I'd pump it over. Yeah, I never bought the other versions. Uh, yeah, so I, I I don't think that's where I'm. Yeah. I hope Lucasfilm does a lot to celebrate uh, the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace and right. really embraces that. But I don't think they're going to put that amount of time or money. So I don't I don't think something like that would happen. Right. If it did, I think uh, there's some Boss Nass scenes where uh, where Boss Nass's uh, cloak doesn't really uh, <laughs> move like it should. Yeah, uh, over his, his bulbous Gungan body. Yeah, I like Boss Nass as a character a lot, but it, it looks really dated. It's and, getting and, dated. Yeah, and some of the stuff with the clones and the feet, uh, you know, look at what they can do, you know, on crate. And that's a lot of that's practical, but yeah. I think you could improve improve the way it looks. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if I'm walking down Red Dead Redemption, I feel the mud on my shoes wow. in that video game, and Mace Windu steps on dirt on Geonosis and nothing moves. Yeah, yeah. I think you could correct that. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think that Disney wants to keep George... Yeah, at our arm's length. Um, I think that they always pay tribute to him, but I don't think that they want him back, back in the studio, mm. making some changes to the prequel trilogy. Right. I just don't think that they, and I don't think George wants it because he wants free reign. And yeah. and so I think that it's it's a mutual decision on their parts. But there will be a celebration. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And peace orbs. We always have peace orbs. Uh, we so free uh, on Patreon. We always take two questions from our Patreon supporters. Patrick Pine writes, over the past few months, initially keeping pace with Hello Greedo, friend of the show, been rewatching The Clone Wars and now Rebels. Now to Rebels Season 3, I'm reminded of my confusion as to exactly why Grand Amal Thrawn mispronounces Harris and Dula, both her first and last name. It just seems weird to me that the he would mispronounce especially the, the name of an adversary he ends up repeatedly frustrating his plans and being elusive to the great tactician. These inaccuracies seem almost inconsistent with his character, or are they? Maybe it's a reflection of his overconfidence, arrogance. Trying to speculate responsibly here, ideas. So this is kind of a mini Star Wars counseling here, but 
it, it's, yeah. it's valid. I get it. Yeah. I think it's fascinating because there seems to have clearly been a choice to l- let... Uh, like, well, we've seen the call sheets of how to pronounce mm-hmm. characters' names. Right. right. But somehow Ian McDermott comes in and says, Ashoka. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that makes it. Uh, yeah. So I think there's something in that process where it seems like creatively they wanted to embrace that heritage of Star Wars where names could be pronounced differently by different people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jakku, Jakku. Yeah. Yeah. Jakku. Yeah. Han Han, all that stuff. The Leia Leah, all of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like the idea that uh, f- maybe for some reason those uh, syllables are hard for Thrawn to say and he would never admit that weakness. Oh, that's good. I like that oh. headcanon. Yeah, he would. He would. Uh, I think he might be doing it to mess with her if she's around. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, kind of like the uh, I'm not going to pay respects to the Sindula name. Yeah. Because I know who your father was, Jen. Yeah, I think it's I think it's to mess with her. Like we saw with uh, Solo, you know, mm-hmm. where he calls him Han. Um, and I think also it reminds me of that book. The book that's coming out. Remember where there's that whole little section where Thrawn is talking with Anakin and Anakin oh, keeps yeah. mispronouncing his name and he's like, you know, raking him over the coals like you're not pronouncing it right. So mm-hmm. I, to me, it seems like this is a very calculated decision. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Thrawn alliances. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. is very much a power thing. Yeah. Of Anakin's trying to say, like, I am a person of the galaxy. I can handle saying your name. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going, you can't. No, nope, sorry, you can't. <laughs> so if he's a stickler with pronunciation, then he's doing it here for a purpose. Yeah. It's also going to be like, yeah, it could be real world. He could be, I, I knew uh, he was a fan type of guy of a lot of things we did where like, um, he would, you're not pronouncing the name right. Um. It even went like, my name's Napsuk, but in the old country, it's Napsuk. And he would say it on podcasts like that and be like, no, that's not how we say our name over here. <laughs> we made that decision as a family. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe Thrawn's that guy. Wow. Sindula is your name. It's, yeah. it's, it's Sindula. Sindula. Yeah, maybe that's a great answer that Thrawn oh, is that like pedantic that. that he looked into the history of Ryloth and that is technically <laughs> yeah. the correct pronunciation. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right. good. Right. Uh, great one, Patrick. Got us thinking there. Thomas Streeton writes, Hey, Force Center, I'm getting excited for Star Wars celebration next year. I've been thinking about panels. What would your dream uh, panel, what would be your dream panel? I'd probably love an Empire Strikes panel with Mark Frank and resurrected Irvin Kurtz and Carrie. We're getting into some, uh, some ghost panels there, some Force ghosts yeah. appearing. All right, some dream panels. What would you want? Uh, I would want... Uh, in this is in dream panel uh, that wouldn't happen, and I think probably shouldn't happen. I want a two-hour-long George Lucas alone audience Q and A. That would be mm. fascinating because I'm sure some of the questions he would really enjoy, and other questions he might get a little annoyed by. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, for the the creator of all of this, who just blatantly yeah. said to that huge crowd, "This is for twelve-year-olds." Yeah, and. <laughs> I, I understand where he's coming from, but it's still a, an exciting thing to say mm-hmm. to all of the uh, 40-year-olds <laughs> waving lightsabers to say, it's for 12-year-olds. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're here. Every, anything. I think there'd be so many insightful fireworks, mm-hmm. two-hour long, George Lucas. Q&A. That's a great answer, Jen. Yeah. Oh, I was going to, you know, return to the Jedi panel with Carrie and Harrison oh. and mm-hmm. uh, Mark. That, that would be and George. But I love George Lucas panel. 
he always gives us some gems. Yeah. So I'm I'm going down that road. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> George Lucas uncensored. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, among all, of all the things where you're like, gosh, it's it's too bad uh, we lost Carrie. Uh, seeing yeah. the, the celebration panel, which ended in that the moving tribute there, but seeing Harrison and, and and Mark Hamill on stage together, and then a lot of other people join them, but. It you really missed her there, so I think mm-hmm. the big three kind of panel would be good. I I and I don't know if they've done this before. I don't know, but I wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, uh, in the mind uh, in the thought process of John Williams of sitting down and going, Ooh. "How did you come up with?" I know the process. I know you can tell me why I sat and watched the movie and wrote the score at my piano, or whatever. But how? Right. How did you make some of these decisions? Mm. Uh, I've seen him at the bowl when he talked about how he wrote Princess Leia's theme to have a little bit of sultriness to it because he thought, well, naturally, I'm writing a love theme for Luke and Leia, not knowing what it was <laughs> to become. Oops. And maybe George didn't even at that time, too. That was very insightful. I wouldn't like, wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, that's so, awesome. That's good. Thomas Patrick, Paul, mythical rebel Maxwell, thank you for your questions. If you have questions for us, and like I said, thoughts on today's big topic about Cassie and Andor in the show, reach out to us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Force Center Pod also on Instagram. Our website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net, a one-stop shop for information. Uh, and you can link from there to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Tweet us your merch picks, and we'll reshare them. Podcasts available several places, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And on Patreon, Joseph, we've hit some things, we're working for some things, and we're always building. That is right. Uh, We have been uh, past the goal. We always like to give it a little time because it can go up and down a little bit, but we've been past the goal to have Tony Thaxton write some new theme music for one of our shows, Star Wars Counseling. So we're going to get the ball rolling on that. And we are still building that big goal of doing commentary for all the movies. So if you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash center. Absolutely. We got our own stuff going on. Jennifer Landa. Yeah, you can follow me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. I have a StarWars.com blog post coming out soon where I share my cosplaying tips for Star Wars Celebration. Wonderful. Yeah. That's a That's must awesome. read. Must yeah. read. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Joseph Grimshaw, not to be confused with the Red Dead Redemption 2 character, Mrs. Grimshaw. Mrs. Grimshaw. <gasps> Grimshaw. Oh, with a G. my great great grandmother. <laughs> before we change the name. Before we change the name, uh, you always get some wonderful things going on as well. <laughs> That's right. That's where I. Why my family's so good at wrestling bears? That <laughs> DNA from Mrs. Grimshaw. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out info on all my uh, other podcasts and comedy albums and comedy shows on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, go to that live shows page. Got a bunch of shows coming up here in Los Angeles. You follow me at Ken Napsuck. Go to uh, napsuckfiles.podomatic.net. That's a one-stop shop as well for all my adventures. That is it for today. We talked a lot, and we could have easily done an hour more on Radis Mon Mothma, sitting down with Cassian just to have lunch. We'll see you next time. And again, rest in peace, Stanley Excelsior from Star Wars fans to all of you Marvel fans. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.